frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Your magnificent city father, and you, the brain of this city, and all of us in the city's light. And where are the people, father, whose hands built your city? Hello, and welcome to Film Church Radio, the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday. I'm Brandon. I'm Lewis. And we're here to talk about movies. Each week, Lewis and I alternate picking a film for us both to watch and discuss. And today, I picked the film Metropolis from 1927, directed by Fritz Lang. Did he also write the film? <laughs> I didn't even write this down. Um, Thea von Harbrew did, who was his wife. So I'm sure he had some input. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had some cre- creative control. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if his wife was just behind him the whole time being like, do yeah. this. Yeah. Do <laughs> uh, this was my first time ever watching this film. I mean, I've heard about this film forever. You know, it's like if you're a film person, you're going to hear about Metropolis. Um, but for some reason, just never watched it. It was, I mean, 1927, silent film. Do I really need to watch it? Yes, I did. <laughs> You're going to hear why here in a little while. <laughs> um, but first, we want to say thank you to everybody that's been listening to, listening to the show um, and sending their love. We appreciate it. Thank you, all you congregation, church people out there that love film. We love you guys. Um, keep tuning in every Sunday for more Film Church also, you can follow us on all the social media p- platforms at Film Church Radio. Share it with your friends. Watch our little clips and uh, content that we put out there. Um, and leave us comments. Tell us what you think of the show and what we should be watching, what you think we'll like, um, what you think we'll be disgusted by. We love trash <laughs> cinema here, too, <laughs> as you might tell from our episodes. Um But yeah, thanks for being here. So the way this show works is first we're going to sing our hymnals, sing praises to other films that we've been watching this week, and then we'll get into our main sermon, which is Metropolis. Uh, So, Lewis, what's up, and what do you have to sing praises to this week? (laughs) What's up? Um, Yeah, this week has been full of one franchise apart from one other film <laughs> um which so i'll start with that one first um part of my criterion challenge for listeners that have been with us for a while will know that i'm trying to tick off some criterion films this year on a letterbox challenge um so i watched voodoo Save from drowning by uh jean renoir um a french film um i'd watched um a french film last week and this kind of thematically followed on um and it was on Criterion Channel, so I watched that. Um, Michael Simon plays like a tramp that is saved from drowning, um, which isn't a spoiler because it's the title. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then kind of runs amok in like a um, a higher class household for an hour and a half. Um, and I'm not sure if I just don't understand French humor, um, but I didn't find it that funny. <laughs> and there was a point where I was like, I feel like I need to Google and just be like, is this a comedy? You know, like, you know, when you get to that point where you're like, I'm not, there's things that happen that are funny, but I don't know if they're intentionally funny. Right. Yeah. Um, and there was just like weird inclinations and because obviously, I mean, I know I've said this before, but because he's playing a tramp in like early cinema, I just think a chaplain the whole time. Mm, Yeah. And there's just no, and it's just not that at all, but it's hard to kind of get past it. So um, did you Google? I did. Like a lot of people, I mean, after I read some reviews and a lot of people are like, it's hilarious. I laugh from stuff like start to finish. And I was like, oh, okay. So it is a comedy. Yeah. Which, you know. It sounds a little bit, I mean, the way that you're describing it sounds a little bit like the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, 
Yeah, I mean that. But yeah, I mean, I the humor the obviously is a little bit different. I mean, like with French cinema, at least with like the French New Wave stuff, like uh, like any of that stuff that I watch, I'm always like captivated and like fall mm-hmm. in love with. And I've always really liked French films. Um, but this is like early French cinema, so I I don't know what I would think about it. Yeah, and I think there was there was some really interesting parts to it. Like I really like the ending, um, but I, again, it's like when we talked about Rome Open City and how I feel like because I'm I don't know France at the time, it's it's really hard to kind of get some of the things they were going for. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's a a few jokes in there that you know I just goes over my head because I just didn't I just don't know like the difference between the classes and what mm. certain things meant. Yeah. Um, but like all French cinema, it's very free, you know, in terms of like infidelity and sex and violence and stuff like that. Um, so, it, I mean, it was it was okay. Yeah, I gave it two and a half out of five. And I know that there's a lot of people that really like it. Um, it, but it seems to be like scattered. I would say yeah. there's some people that really like it and some people that don't like it at all. The um, poster looks really weird too. The the poster looks yeah. like some kind of weird AI art. <laughs> yeah it's very strange um yeah i'll probably go back to it many years in the future maybe when i check out more of Renoir's renoir's stuff but um yeah didn't didn't do it for me um but then the franchise that i've been watching a lot of is the scream franchise so i watched scream 2 through the new scream 6 um yeah. and i know you've seen scream 6 so warnings <laughs> yeah. there, there there may be some spoilers yeah in the next few minutes but there's there's timestamps below so if you don't want to know any spoilers for scream six skip ahead to brandon's (laughs) (laughs) we're going in (laughs) um here we go i I love the scream franchise um it's been probably the horror franchise i've watched the most of um the first three i watched a lot when i was a lot younger and scream one is like a five-star classic for me it's one of my favorite films um, so it's hard for anything to kind of live up to that, but I rewatched the first five I'd seen. Well, I've rewatched two to five, seen them all before, and they're they're all a lot of fun. You know that you know I like the takes on the genre and how it keeps evolving, and they you know tell you things. And um, as a as a horror film lover, it's great that they're nodding at the audience so much. Right. Um, yeah. Scream Six. Um, the new one, um, a lot to like about it. I loved New York as a setting. Mm-hmm. I loved the rug pulls, like the very beginning. Um, that whole like pre-credit scene is really, really good. Um, I really like the set pieces. You know, the ladder and then in the subway car, they yeah. were done really well. But it, it just gets to a point where it's kind of like reaching to link everything together, mm. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of the plotting that really lets it down for me. Because um, mm. I love Ghostface. I love, you know, the whole lore behind it, but it just doesn't hit in the right place anymore, I don't think. Um, yeah. Like everything I bit, feels like a stretch or something. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of, I know what they're going for. I know that Scream 5 was like the reboot. And this is like, like the similarities to Scream 2 are, are there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the same vein in who the killers are. There's kind of, you know, new, they're at college. They say that in part of it. It's like a remake of the sequel. So it's like a remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, I love that they are unashamedly doing that and leaning into it. Um, yeah, I'm just Was I'm it just predictable worried. to you? I mean, I know when I was going for, I was like, right, I think there's, at least two killers because that's scream. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like a trope. So I was like the whole time I was like, okay, which two characters are not together <laughs> when these uh, are taking place? Yeah. So I'd worked out at, I'd worked out half of it, I would say. Yeah. I knew who one of the killers were and my suspicion about the other. Um but like we said, spoilers, the the third killer was a was a surprise. Ah. Yeah. And then I was like, I should have known because she didn't die on screen. Hmm. You know? Um, But yeah, I mean, I gave it two and a half out of five. 
And yeah. I think I, I am going to go back and watch it because, like I said, the set pieces were really good. Yeah. Um, and I think you just got to get past the end, you know, just got to get past who it is. Mm. Um, yeah. And kind of enjoy it for what it is. Um, yeah. But I love the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of love for the franchise. My brother-in-law loves the franchise. My brother-in-law has, like, watched the, the series which is like deep cuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like you got to really love Scream to watch the Scream series. Um but yeah, I so I had seen I've seen the first one. Yeah. And I've I watched it probably like 4 years ago, so it's been a while. And I've always meant to like watch all of them, but I haven't. And then uh he wanted to go see the 6th one and there was like at the time that the that it was out in in cinemas there wasn't a lot else out to watch so yeah like, yeah let's go let's go watch it so we just like watched a <laughs> a recap youtube video to like tell you everything you need to yeah. know leading up to number six but i don't remember any of that stuff like you know <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah you know it's it's so much information i'm not gonna remember any of that but i did have a great time watching the sixth one um i gave it four out of five and that I mean, obviously, watching a movie in the movie theater is going to heighten the experience. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just as like a well-made thriller horror movie, yeah. it was fun. You know, it was fun to watch, and like yeah. I got into it, and yeah, it's a good time. You know, and I had no yeah. idea who to expect. You know, as far as killers go, so <laughs> it's like, yeah. I think it, it just because I'd watched, you know, we watched them consecutive nights. So it was like yeah. a, nearly a week of watching one every night. Um, so I was kind of, tr- I was already in that mindset. And and the trouble, I, the thing that really frustrates me is that nobody, they don't dare kill anybody off, you know. Mm. At, at the end, I think the body count is like three. Yeah. Because so many people survive. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like we in Scream Five, Dewey dies, which is like main, you know, original series Dewey. Yeah, and that's fine. It was at the site. It was shocking. I can remember like, oh god, they've killed Dewey, you know. And then when Gail gets attacked, I was like, okay, I'm ready for Gail to die now, you know, in terms of just as a fan. Yeah, but they, 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 I don't feel like they can pull that trigger anymore. They're still mm. they're waiting for what's next. Yeah. Um. Gotta hook Which, you somehow. I know. Yeah. Now that I don't know. I mean, they're they're gonna do another one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. So, these movies make money. I just feel like now it's getting to the point where they they're wanting to do more than like the Friday the Thirteenth films. Yeah. Just because that is the vein that they're going. It's that slasher movie trope. Is that we're just gonna run it into the ground. Mm-hmm. And I think if they do it right, they can still make a joke about that. Like, yeah, they're not very good anymore, but we're still doing Fun. it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, <laughs> something, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, nice. Yeah, I'll go back. I mean, I love the series. I'll keep watching it. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah. You did your dissertation on Scream, right? Well, I wrote a paper on Scream. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got. I mean, the the first has got a very big place in my heart. I love it to bits. Yeah. So, but and I was going to say, if if it ever gets to the point where they bring Stu back, I'm out. <laughs> that's like my. That's my line. Yeah. It's like <laughs> bye. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But that's it. Spoiler chat over. So, nice. and that's my watch is over. So, Brandon, what have you been watching? <laughs> and now your watch has ended. <laughs> um, I watched a few things. I rewatched The Batman from 2022 from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome movie. Absolutely amazing. Um, it's still a four out of five for me. Yeah. I, I keep thinking it's going to go up, but like, it just, I, I don't have huge problems with it. I do really like the movie. It's four out of five, but like, it's just this, it's just another Batman. Like there's not anything really that new there. It's Mm -hmm. just updated. It's just an updated version of like Christian Bale's Christopher Nolan's Batman. It's just updated a little bit. 
you know, and I want to see like the the comic booky action hero Batman. You know? Mm-hmm. I want to see the detective. Well, not even so much detective, but just like the more cartoony version. Mm. Almost like Joel the, Schumacher. Uh, <laughs> not quite. Like the the updated act like badass action, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he doesn't have superpowers, but he still can flip around like a ninja yeah. Batman. Yeah. You know? Um, it doesn't need to be so grounded in reality that it's just like, believe it. Believe it, you know, because at the My, end of the day, it's a guy dressed in a bat costume. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my like cinematic shame is that when I went to see Batman Begins in the cinema, I was driving home with my dad, and I was, and he was like, "Oh, did you like it?" And I was like, mm, "I think I preferred the other ones," meaning the Joel Schumacher like, <laughs> Batman and Robin Batman Forever type. Yeah, thing. Because as a kid, I was like, "That's so cool! I love this city." You know? Yeah, because <laughs> it was so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, and the 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 sixty six Batman as well is like yeah. awesome. But you know, okay. Th- I've gone to see a few movies in cinemas recently. There's a new Flash trailer mm. that is absolutely awesome. Yeah. It is freaking badass. And they're bringing back Michael Keaton. They're bringing back Ben Affleck. And they, they sh- I mean, they show them, you know, the first one that came out, they just teased like his voice. But yeah. like you can see clips of Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck in this movie or in this new trailer. And the Batman stuff is so freaking cool. I'm like, this is this is the Batman I want to see. He's like jumping out of his bat like plane, like just free falling in the sky with his wings mm-hmm. out. And I'm like, okay, this is what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see like like a Batman that's grounded in reality is not gonna do that. It's yeah. like the the Robert Pattinson Batman, although it's really cool and I really love the movie. It's like, it's just so grounded that they can't do the cartoony stuff, mm-hmm. which is like what I want to see at this yeah. point. I, we've had our we've had our grounded reality, Batman. Like, give us the next thing, you know, yeah. if you're going to keep doing them. I think I'm on the opposite side to you on this. Really? <laughs> yeah, I love the gritty detective side of Batman. Like the, the yeah, non-cartoony. I mean, I do like it too. I, that's what, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I saw, uh, I it's weird Flash, because we're, yeah. we're actually getting both now. I know, yeah. And that's what's good because we can yeah. have our cake and eat it. But I saw the same Flash trailer and like when the CGI Batman is falling, I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I saw it and I was like, yes. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for The Flash. I mean, I know there's yeah. lots of controversy around it, obviously, but like, I mean, they're going to give it to us anyway, so it's not really yeah. up to me. <laughs> and it doesn't mean anything moving forward. Yeah, really, it doesn't. Yeah. So I think, um, it, yeah, I think it'll be a good film. Yeah. Ben Affleck said it was good. And he's got an Academy Award for Best Director. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually like Ben Affleck's movies a lot. Me too. Um, Even though I said that sarcastically. He's a good filmmaker and a good actor. Yeah. Um, He's in a new movie coming out soon. Uh, Hypnotic was another trailer that I saw um, directed by Robert Rodriguez, which I'm very interested in. Mm. It's probably going to be terrible. <laughs> I, I saw a tweet that said, if you like films that are so bad, they're good, you're going to love it. Yeah, like... I but mean, that's cool. I, I love that's, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. He makes terrible movies, but I love them. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and him working with Ben Affleck is so interesting to me. I mean, he's always worked with high-profile people, but he's also, like, works with them after... <laughs> They're high yeah. profile, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. he's like try. He try. He he cuts every corner he can to save money. Yeah. Uh, so him working with Ben Affleck, like, in a time where Ben Affleck is not taking small paychecks, um, is interesting. Yeah. So, for sure. Yeah, I feel that was a great segue because not only Ben Affleck in it, but 
Like Batman Forever is my so bad it's good movie. I will die on that hill. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Batman Forever is so weird. Yeah. It is so everything, weird. I just love everything about it. Someone on Twitter shared the like promotional photos of Jim Carrey as the Riddler and he's like on the floor like lying on the staff and yeah. like like doing incredibly explicit things with it. It's just <laughs> like who financed this movie? Like, where, yeah, like exactly. every part about and, it is just like the best. And they still had those like, you know, Riddler Happy Meal toys at McDonald's. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you oh, watch gosh. it, it's just like, Whoa. I know, yeah. <laughs> Love it. It's the best. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I finally watched The Brothers Solomon. From mm-hmm. 2007, um, with Will Arnett and Will Forte, <laughs> directed by Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, um, it, it, <laughs> it's pretty good. I, I'm gonna watch it again because I own it now. I paid a dollar for it at Goodwill. <laughs> worth it? It's it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's it's also loaded with behind the scenes content, which is also great. You get to watch Bob Odenkirk direct and work yeah. and, and you know as well as everybody but um yeah it's it's just one of those weird 2000s rated r comedies that people just like were doing you know there's yeah. so many of like there's so many of those in that time um obviously the really good ones are are the ones that people like keep rewatching and talking about all the time, like 40 year old virgin and like super bad and like stuff like that. Yeah. And this is one that's just kind of lost to the, to the era a little Mm. bit. So (laughs) I think this is like a really fun movie to just like put on. Like if somebody says they want to watch the 40 year old virgin, but everybody has seen it, like put this on instead. Cool. You know, just to kind of see what, (laughs) what the vibes are and what people react to because like you know it's it's funny it's not (laughs) i would be but the reason i want to show it to people is because i want to see like if people can start quoting it or not you know or like if if there's hints of things there um i gave it three out of five but like i said i'm gonna rewatch it it's just it's a weird funny movie you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um and then I went and saw Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. in cinemas. It's like the 40th anniversary. Yeah. I almost didn't get to go cuz like it it came out I think on the 40th anniversary. Um and then like a week later I was, like I saw everybody posting about going to see it in cinemas and I was like, "Man, I really wish I had gone. I should have gone because I wanted to yeah. go to the Return of the King one also, and I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was like, I should go, but then it was like a week later, and then I like just looked, at, happened to look up the show times, and this was May the fourth, <laughs> and I and they were still showing it, and I was like, man, I should go, um, and I almost didn't because I waited too long. Like the one that's close to me that I always go to, like the seats were all terrible. Yeah. But luckily my brother-in-law and my sister wanted to go. So we got tickets and we drove like 40 minutes and we went to see it. I mean, this movie is everything. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's necessarily my favorite of the original trilogy, but like, I mean, I grew up watching these movies, dude. Like, the movie is just, it's its everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it yeah. just means so much to me. And, like, every single moment of the film. Like, um, it was really weird, too, because I forgot until I was sitting down in the theater and the movie started. I forgot that I had a dream the night before <clears throat> of my cousin who passed away a couple of years ago. Um, he was just a couple of years older than me, but in the dream, we were like in a movie theater. We were like walking through a movie theater together. I, I didn't know in the dream. I didn't know what we were going to see. Um, 
And I wish I had like, you know, those times you like have a dream and then you're like, I, I should write this down. Yeah. And then you don't. <laughs> this yeah. is one of those times. So I'm like trying to remember everything that happened. But like in the dream, I was not aware that he had passed away. And he was a huge Star Wars fan too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the, like half of the conversations I ever had with him were probably about Star Wars. And, but in the dream, I like wasn't aware that he had passed away. And, but I was aware that like someone had passed away, if that makes sense. Like I was aware yeah. that like this moment was precious, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I just like hugged him and I was like, hey, I love you. And then we like walked over to the theater entrance door, you know, the door to the auditorium. And I walked in and the door shut behind me and he like didn't follow me in. And I like turned around and like I went back out and then we had a conversation. And I don't like when I first woke up, I had remembered what it was, but now I can't remember what we had, what we talked about. But we, we just like, said something to each other and and that's as much as I can remember of the dream but I fr I had completely forgot about it until I was sitting in the cinema that yeah. night watching Return of the Jedi and it was weird it was it was like yeah oh he's like here with me right now yeah, yeah. and um and I didn't do this but the theater employees like it was a it was a AMC, so it was like a really big multi. They had like forty screens, right? Yeah. So like the entrance into these auditoriums, it's like a double door. Mm -hmm. It's weird. You mm -hmm. like walk in, and there's like a hallway, and then there's another door. But they had propped open both of the doors, so it was like I mean I'm not, I don't necessarily like believe in ghosts or like. But he's like he yeah yeah it was like oh the doors are open he can like walk in and like. Yeah. The seat next to me is open and yeah. So yeah. I was like that it like watching the movie had that kind of feeling going mm -hmm. into it mm -hmm. and there's just nothing else like it. No. There's nothing else like rewatching the original trilogy. Yeah. Especially like yeah. on the big screen. I mean yeah. it's just like it, it it just takes you back to a time where that was the best thing ever. Yeah. You know, nothing else mattered. Like, <laughs> it was just Star Wars, and yeah. it was fucking awesome, you know? Every time I get sick, I watch Star Wars. Really? The original trilogy, yeah. It's like it's like comfort. It's like being close to a family member in terms of, yeah. like, they're like, they're, you know, they're, like, making you feel better. Yeah. Because you're just so comfortable in its presence. You're like, I've seen this so many times. Like, it means so much to me. It reminds me of being a kid. You know, it's, I mean, it, yeah. And there's so many people I know that feel that same way. But, I mean, we should do a series on the Star Wars films. <laughs> we probably should, yeah. Because we, I know we both love them so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you, I mean, yeah. If you want us to do that, let us know. But, I mean... Star Wars forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> yeah. So that was... Well, uh, thank you for sharing that story, though. That's... Yeah, it was awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, anytime they're in the theater, go see them. I will say, <laughs> my sister, she, she was so upset <laughs> through the movie because it's been a minute since she, I think, has rewatched... Um, Return of the Jedi or or the original trilogy. I don't know how long it's been since she's she's rewatched them. But she's she's the same way. I mean, she loves them as much as I do. But she was not having it with all of the extra stuff. <laughs> like all of the cuz it's like the updated 4K. Yeah, yeah. There's all these digital things that they've added. There's a whole like musical sequence in Jabba's hut. <laughs> uh that they do or Jabba's Palace. Yeah. Um, and I've I've rewatched it so many times that I'm I just kind of like I get over it. But like mm. um I will say the thing the I I can get past all of the stuff. 
I can get past all of the added stuff that that Lucas has added specifically in Return of the Jedi, except for the ending song. <laughs> There's no Yub Nub. Yeah, I yeah. like Yub Nub is the climax. Like I, it's not the same feeling when you don't have that crescendo of the music leading into the Star Wars music that is Yub Nub. Like, yeah. I can even get over you adding Hayden Christensen in. Yeah. But yeah. the music has got to be the same. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't change the music. Like, that changes everything about yeah. Yeah. the feeling and the tone and the moment. That's my spiel. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like, yeah, I think it's become like past the point of joke now that it's just, he just can't stop tinkering with them. Yeah. And it's like, George, they're fine. Yeah. Just leave them be. And yeah, I think that's why Disney bought them just so he, so he had to stop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just so he had to stop, but like change them back. Yeah. At least put Yubna back, please. Yeah. I feel I you know, especially, there's money there. Just release the original non-edited VHS versions of them on Blu-ray. Yeah. Like, I'm going to buy them. I'm yeah. sure you would buy them. There are we bootleg copies out there yeah. that you yeah. can buy on websites. Just do it, Disney. Fan-made Just do a box set. Blu-ray copies. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, people yeah. buy them. <laughs> I'm not going to stop watching the new ones. I'll watch them both. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll compare them forever. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch them on Disney Plus for the ease, but like when I want to watch the original trilogy on 4K, like give it to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already paying for Disney Plus anyway. Mm. Give me what I want. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I think that's it for our praise section that turned into a little bit of preaching. Um, now we're going to get into our main sermon. Let's preach. Metropolis, 1927. There can be no understanding between the hands and the brain unless the heart acts as a mediator. In a futuristic city sharply divided between the working class and the city planners, the son of the city's mastermind falls in love with a working-class prophet who predicts the coming of a savior to mediate their differences. All right, this is it. This is Metropolis, y'all. Um, this is the first time I've ever seen the movie. I don't know what's taking me so long. Like I said, I think it's just like... When people tell me a silent film is really good... I'm always like, that person is just normally me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lewis or anyone. (laughs) Um, I'm always like, but like, is it? And I've seen some good silent films. I mean, Sherlock Jr. was amazing. Yeah. It was really good. But still, you know, I haven't gone back and watched it. You know, I haven't rewatched Sherlock Jr. I think it, I think it's an amazing movie. Um, I think Gold Rush is an amazing movie, a Charlie Chaplin film. Um, Nosferatu was a really great movie, uh, but still, like I really enjoyed watching all of those. But I still I haven't gone back and rewatched them. Um, Metropolis, I think, is the best silent film I've ever seen so far. <laughs> wow. It was absolutely amazing. Um, And we're going to get into all the reasons why I think it was amazing. But I know, like, well, I I know Lewis loves this movie. He's got three copies on (laughs) Blu-ray, which was one of the first things I I did when I finished the movie. I was like, where's the, who has the physical, like, what, what are the different versions of, you know, copies I can get out there? Cause I want, I want one. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, this movie was awesome. But like, mm. when was the first time you saw it? And 
Have you watched all three copies <laughs> and compared them? Yeah. Are they different versions? Because I know a lot of this movie, uh, different parts of this movie have been turning up over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot so of the, it was lost for a long time. Yeah. So the, I mean, so all three copies are pretty much the same. They do have a few extra special features and like one of them has like a bigger booklet and stuff. Um, but I probably first saw it 2014, 2015. So kind of not, you know, not a long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, I was probably, you know, I, I watched M first, Lang's mm. M. Yeah. Um, that was the first kind of non-American Lang film that I saw. Uh, and then it took me a while to get to Metropolis, but I just, I'm, similar to you, I just fell in love with it straight away. I was like, wow, this is so much more than what I ever thought it could be in terms of story and visuals and what they did with the sets and stuff. Um, and yeah, so I've watched it a few times since. And honestly, it, it always, like the runtime is just a thing that I'm like, I don't really have time to watch two and a half hours of it. Um, but once you sit and put it on, it flies. Like yeah. you, it, it, it doesn't feel like a two and a half hour film. It goes so fast. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, the, um, the, the edition we've got now is still not the full completed version. There's still, you know, some scenes missing because, um, so Lang filmed it. It was supposed to be this big example of what German cinema could be. Um, and then just didn't do very well at the box office anywhere. Yeah. Like it just, it couldn't, it didn't grab on anywhere. So Ufa, who the studio that did it kind of brought it back and made it a lot of cuts and then sent it out again in like this cut version. So we get, you know, that's the version that we've had for a long time and it's the restoration on that looks beautiful. You know, it's like... It just seems so surprising to me that this movie didn't do that well, but I guess yeah. it was also... Um, well, I mean, did, did it have a release in America? Yeah, I mean, I think that it was like German film or European film were doing well overseas. You know, there was it was kind of getting out there, but it cost so much money to make and so yeah. much time that it needed to be, you know, like just the biggest success for it to really yeah. make back the money. And I guess um, the timing was probably bad because it was like a year later, sound gets introduced. Yeah. And we were like off on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it just, I, it just, I'm not sure why it didn't connect straight away. I mean, even up until like the 50s, you know, there was a book I was reading recently from Caligari to Hitler where it kind of looks at the German film industry until Hitler takes power and how the feeling represented. Um, and how the films represented the feeling at the time. And that is very sniffy about it. It's like, it's not his best film. It was a failure. Really? Yeah. Like, and that's, it's, I don't think it's until these, like the cut bits were kind of discovered that it's just, it's that grown it's and grown been, and grown. Mm, yeah. Yeah. When you see the full version of what it is supposed to be. Yeah. Cause the restoration looks absolutely amazing. I yeah. mean, there's some cuts in there that like are scratchy looking or whatever, mm -hmm. but like it's still not bad. It doesn't take away yeah. from the movie. It kind of adds to it. Yeah. And and then, yeah, I mean, to me, the movie is like, uh, it, it's on that level of, that I was just talking about Star Wars. Like it, it is an absolutely incredible piece of work. But not only is it like. Um, it it feels like a blockbuster. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels like someone like Spielberg is behind the camera. You know, it feels mm. so inventive and creative and like it, 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 I I haven't seen like the the this this level of storytelling and technique used in a film this old. Mm. You know what I mean? Um because the camera work is incredible like the, I, I should have, I, I did only watch it once and I'm going to, I'm going to watch it a few more times and I should have written down like more of like what specific shots just like blew mm. me away. But there was so many times where I was like, I can't believe they're 
doing this right now. This yeah. is this feels like how did they know to do this back then? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but to me, it kind of felt like a, a James Cameron blockbuster. Mm. Like it felt like like it even for nineteen twenty seven a, a silent film. As you're watching it, you feel the scale of it. It feels super epic. Yeah. Because like there's so many people in in the movie, and the scale is just huge. Mm. Like even by today's standards, it would be difficult to make this film. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even if you recreated it shot for shot, it would still cost you a lot of money. Um. So I mean, like all of that just blew me away and then the storytelling also just felt very like classical it felt like a blockbuster kind of storytelling it's like the yeah. the tale of the <laughs> the son who tries to you know be the savior or whatever yeah. and like you know falls in love with this woman and like a, yeah. a lot of it is very classical in its structure and storytelling but it uh, it it somehow is still like so captivating in its imagery and the set yeah. design and like all of the sets just were so interesting and mm-hmm. cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's there's the one shot this time. I mean, there's a lot of shots, but the one I was really impressed with was when they're escaping towards the end and they've they've got all the children out and the water's coming in, and the buildings start to crumble in the, at the top of the staircase and the camera's on like a swing. And it like swings towards them and then back. Yes. And I was like, holy smokes. Like that's. Like how did they do that? Yeah. Like because those cameras were huge. Yeah. Back then. And there was probably someone still cranking it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That that shot was incredible. I was like, holy shit. They just did that. (laughs) Yeah. And like you said, the, the sets where we see the metropolis city and it's like. There's like six roads and like airplanes flying around and like lights flashing. I'm just like this to be on that set to see this all come together would be a dream. Yeah, you know. Um, so Fritz Lang, like I, I mean, I've heard the name before, yeah. but I don't know much about him. Like, what do you know about him? Like, what? How did he get to this point? Yeah, Lang is a, one of my cinematic heroes, just in terms of the films he made. That they're just my kind of movies. He himself is one of the most interesting people in film in terms of his backstory. It's he's not someone to kind of be rooting for. There's a lot yeah. of like gray areas. Um I mean his his story that he told a lot of people was that when the Nazis came to power they tried to recruit him to make films for them. Um and he had a like long meeting with I think Goebbels and then he was like watching the clock because he knew what time the last train out of Berlin or wherever he was uh-huh. left. So he was like waiting and then he just left. Um, which I think since has been like debunked. I think they can they found that it wasn't like after a meeting or whatever. Um but I mean his career really is in Germany kind of goes hand in hand with uh Thea von Harbu, who was his wife and muse. Um not his first wife, um his first wife found him in bed with Thea van Harbu, and then a gun went off and she died. So, yeah, what? nobody really, yeah, nobody really Wait, talks about die? it again. Um, she was shot in the room with Fritz Lang and Thea von Harbu, but and died. It's not really and stated how who no. shot her. It was apparently an accident, quote unquote, but they never talked about it again. All so. Right. so a little bit weird um but yeah then they got married and then had this very (laughs) creative and successful career um got divorced before he moved to america and she joined the nazis so oh yeah all right yeah (laughs) so (laughs) lots of great areas yeah lots of great areas um but i mean he he started off with like serials i think it's called spiders um and then went to like Destiny, which is a tale about death and like coming to a town and it's really good. And then there's like, he did these big epics, these big Germanic kind of like Denubligan, which is about a guy that's like fighting dragons and saving princesses and stuff that's like five hours long. 
um, <laughs> and just became known as like this really capable, like big budget director. Yeah. Um, which is why all this money went into Metropolis. Yeah. Because that was just what he was going to do next. Yeah. Um, but I mean, his career is like, is just, is the best. There's so many great films in there. Yeah. Even when it came to America. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch more now that I mm-hmm. finally have watched this. Um, M is, is on my list. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie is just, my God, there's just so much, <laughs> like, there's yeah, just so much good shit. Uh, Bridget Helm is the best. Yeah, like I, I don't think I've seen like I mean I've seen good acting in silent films. Obviously, like Nosferatu yeah. had really great acting, but Bridget Helm in this movie, man, like I, yeah. I like she's just on another level. Yeah, like incredible throughout the whole thing. You forget that it's silent. Mm. Like, because, and you don't even really need the, like, there's not a ton of, like, subtitles. Sometimes they don't even give them to you. Sometimes yeah. you just, uh, you just understand what's going on because of the expressiveness of these actors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was absolutely incredible. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was. And her eyes are so expressive. Yeah. Like, there's so many times, I mean, when she's, you know, the the machine, she does the weird kind of one eye, close yeah. one eye open thing <laughs> yeah. throughout a lot, which yeah. which I think is like, you know, a very primitive way to say that they're just a little bit different than us. I can see what they were going for, yeah. but there's times where I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but her eyes are like, they're, they're so expressive. And I know that, you know, you've heard the, they, they shimmer, but hers do. I don't know how, like, they seem to be so much deeper than anybody else's, Mm. you know, just in terms of what she can, like, pull out of them. I know that sounds really strange. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's all through the eyes. Yeah. And it's, again, it's it's really sad she kind of gave up acting around the time that the Nazis came to power, moved to Switzerland, and never gave interviews about her career. Just refused to talk about it. So, like, there's very little from her that we know and i'm like i just want to know everything <laughs> yeah that's so like weird. what was it like working on these films you know we've got like press at the time where he said it was like really laborious and but she had a great time doing it mm. but i'm like i want to know like 40 years later on reflection kind of what did she remember you know um yeah but i mean who knows how many times she had even seen it yeah that's you know. the thing isn't it yeah i mean if it didn't do well at the time it was probably like, oh, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, it probably well. just felt like the movie disappeared. Yeah. yeah. But now, like, I feel like the cover, the the poster is, like, I feel like I've seen that my whole life. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't know. I mentioned last week when I picked the film that um, I thought the cover was based, or, like, that C-3PO was based on the, you know, her machine, the mm-hmm. robot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I assume it is because it looks so much... Some of the look, yeah. ...like C-3PO. More, more so the original artwork. Do you know? Yeah. Like the kind of... Yeah, like the poster they have on Letterboxd looks like 3PO. Yeah. Because the lip, the mouth is like a little more like smaller or whatever. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't know if I just always assumed that. If mm-hmm. I had just like... You know, knew that knew that filmmakers, you know, would reference older films and like just assumed that they had yeah. based C three PO on this. But I mean, Luke's story is very similar, isn't he? he the yeah, like the heart that brings <laughs> yeah. you know the the bad and the good together. Yeah, balance yeah. to the force. Exactly. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, possibly, you know. I mean, it, it it makes sense to me. Yeah. I would be surprised if it wasn't connected. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is like a utopian slash dystopian future mm. imagined back in 1927. 
and I feel it feels sadly still so relevant. Yeah. You know, it's just it's about the the upper class and the the lower class and the just the huge ginormous separation between yeah. the two. Like there's li- like in the movie it's represented as literally like the, the yeah. billionaires are up in the city, up in the top like yeah. skyscrapers and the the factory workers are not even just on the ground. They're deep below the yeah. earth's surface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's this huge separation between the two. The, like there's no hope that any of these people could ever even hope to have access mm. to the surface. Level. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how I read it this time, I, the, it talks a lot about religion, but to me, it seems a very religious film in terms of the, the, the father, the, the Yofred Rissen, who's at the very top, you know, the, um, director of it all he's like god Mm -hmm. and like everyone else is just like working for him and then man creates machine that autumn like almost destroys god yeah um and there's so many religious aspects to it there's like the prophet about bringing everything together you know there's her being burned at the stake um the robot that's very joan of Mm arc-esque you know um, there's so many kind of religious images throughout this. Um, well, there's also like a lot of like um, subtext about desire because yeah. that whole sequence where she's like dancing and the men are just like, oh, it's like, should I be yeah. enjoying this right now? Because yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's such a bizarre but fun sequence. Like just yeah. watching the creativity, like watching. Yeah. The way that he, because it's all just through images, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and you get exactly what the film is trying to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I it's love that through the visuals the, and the acting. Yeah, through like the double exposure, or yes. you know, where there's all the yeah. eyes and there's people watching her, and yes. the faces have just yeah. you know lost. It's um, it's yeah, I mean, still she's, to this day yeah. is cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And it's the kind of thing that you lose for like 30, 40 years when sound comes in. Yeah. Because you just can't have a camera that moves that freely. Or you can't, or sound wasn't synchronized enough to kind of, you know, to do these kind of things. Yeah. So you lose this innovation. This is, I mean, this is why it's just all (laughs) about the visuals. Yeah. Yeah, because like once, once sound comes along, it's just like, more stagey. Yeah. I mean, we saw Babylon. We know. Yeah. The troubles that they had to deal with. Yeah. You know, whereas this, it was like the swinging camera. You could do it. You didn't have to worry about microphones. You could do these yeah. big sets and stuff. It's so interesting to think about. Yeah. Evolution of cinema is, is cool. <laughs> yeah. Mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're like, it's a hundred years later. Can you believe it? Almost. I know. Nearly a hundred years for Metropolis. Yeah. But it's in the public domain now, apparently. Yeah. That yeah. that was the reason I had picked it, because the film, it, they're having a Metropolis Film Festival here in Houston um, at the River Oaks Theater. Uh, so the, I'm going to try to go see it. It's in like August. I'm going to try to go see yeah. it on the... On the big screen, that's going to be fun. Yeah, to watch this. Now I'm really excited to yeah. watch this movie on the big screen. That's going to be cool. You should try to come down. Definitely. I w- it's uh yeah. I want to sit on the big screen. Yeah. I just yeah. I like watching it this time again. I just like I just want to live in this film. <laughs> I just like I just love it, and I love yeah. the, and I think that I'm. Ri- I mean, it's one of those success stories where we found the some missing footage that adds to it and we get Fritz Rasp's brilliant performance as the thin man who just kind of is like the the agent that spies on the sun. Um, mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because obviously all the 
all the scenes in the film that are kind of like a different aspect ratio and a lot grainier are the scenes that were cut and they all seem to be his scenes Mm, which is a real shame so i'm glad that they've been um discovered yeah he's just he plays the perfect villain and he does it in a lot of films from around this time and every time he shows up he's just like boo but in like the best way it's just like he's so good at it (laughs) yeah that's so funny that even like back then people were getting like cast as like they're getting like typecast yeah (laughs) (laughs) They, they just play that person yeah he's so good at it um yeah, Gustav Froholich. Froholich. Mm. I'm probably butchering that. Sorry. As a freighter is also great. Yeah. The men just, just don't seem to be as interesting as the women. No. And I don't know if all, that's because but... it's written by a woman and maybe, you know, it's just the, the gaze has kind of shifted yeah. from what we're used to, but... He, I mean, he spends you know like fifty minutes of it in bed, like getting over an <laughs> illness, and he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, I mean the he's the main character, so he's like the driving force for the story. Yeah. But like everything, he, but he, he's like your, he's supposed to be us, I think, in the yeah. movie, because like yeah. in every scene that he's in, he's like, where am I? What's going on? <laughs> Which is what we're doing, you know yeah. what I mean, as an audience. So I think we're supposed to feel that. Like, it, he, the way that he's reacting to the scenes, we're also reacting, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Rudolf Klein, also known as Raji, I guess, um, played the character of Rotwang, <laughs> which is a terrible name. <laughs> Uh, he was great too. I loved his little witch cottage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah like, how did that go unnoticed? Yeah, I mean, I think there must have been some kind of discussion around this character when they were coming up with Dot Brown in Back to the Future. Oh yeah, he's yeah. it like the hair being all shocked and like back and. You know, the the way he's always kind of <laughs> cursing the skies. <laughs> yeah. Man, I I I wish I had watched it a few more times before the podcast because I uh, mostly what I'm remembering right now is just the experience of watching the movie and being like, yeah. This is amazing. Cause yeah. it like it literally felt I felt the same way that I do when I watch just a really good movie in cinemas. Like I said, mm-hmm. like watching um, a James Cameron movie or Spielberg film or uh, you know, just instant classic. Yeah, you know, you know when you see it, you're just like that was cinema. Yeah, yeah. because it's also like it, at the same time as being like this instant classic, um, kind of like not necessarily family film. What am I trying to say? Just epic. You know, yeah. just like yeah. an epic movie. Um, it's also feels very art house, mm-hmm. you know? And I was thinking about Spielberg, like when he talks about 2001 Space Odyssey being like, Kubrick brought the art house into the mainstream. That's what this feels like. Yeah. It feels very art house and mainstream at the same time. But unfortunately at the time it didn't get, yeah, it didn't take off. It just didn't, and and it might have had something to do with the Great Depression in America, or mm. you know, but that's the thing is like it was a German film, so like it didn't take off anywhere though. You yeah, know? yeah. And it also could have just been the timing with sound coming out a year later, and they maybe they were probably still trying to at least a year later they were probably trying to push the cut versions of the film, and it probably wasn't mm-hmm. as good. Um. So yeah, just like a lot of the perfect storm of unfortunate timing. Um, But at least it's getting recognized now and it's been restored and we have these great versions because, like, I would be surprised if uh, someone couldn't enjoy this film. Yeah, and I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's one of those films where 
you you sit back and watch it and it deserves to be talked about. It deserves to be in the pantheon of the greatest films ever made. You know, and it's it's not something that you watch and you're like, meh, it wasn't for me. I feel yeah. like everybody could get something from this film that is enjoyable. Yeah. Um, whether it just be the visual. I mean, the soundtrack, oh my God, I've been listening to it on repeat since like the, the Metropolis theme. Uh-huh. When you see the city, it's just, it's beautiful. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, it just everything about it seems to just, you know, pull together to be to be wonderful. Yeah. Um yeah, I urge everybody to just to give it a go. Yeah. You know, streaming, like I said, it's in the public domain, it's on Criterion Channel, it's it's kind of everywhere. So if you listen to this and you haven't seen it, please just give it a try. It's an incredibly fun movie. Yeah. Like I, I think sometimes when when I get recommended silent films, uh, well, it, like with the thing that I did know about this movie is that there's like uh, images of like people, you know, like a crowd of people going into the factory and a crowd of people coming out of the factory. And so that was like the thing I knew about the movie for some reason. And that, and that to me, that's like someone trying, like a, you know, a film scholar trying to be like, do you get it? Like, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. That see how they're expressing, you know, this thing with this image, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I get it, but like, it's the movie's not like that. The no. movie is fun, and that's yeah. what I mean by like instant classic epic James Cameron movie. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. It is also saying a lot. Yeah, but even if you don't get anything out of that like it's fun you know Mm -hmm. so you like connect with the characters and you go on this adventure and all the imagery is amazing yeah it's an action movie it is an action movie and I think that which is why I'm surprised it didn't do better in the states because you know Douglas Fairbanks made films similar to this where they're these big adventure films that did really well you know and I just the, yeah, like you said, it is. It's just the best kind of cinema trip. You yeah, know, it's, it's escapism at its finest. Yeah, because it still relates to what we go through every day, but it's like removed from what we're used to. You know. Yeah. Um, I would definitely rate. He followed this up with a film called Spies. Okay. Um, which I would definitely recommend. It's still. It's got that fun element. It's very quick and like um, entertaining. So I would recommend Spies. Sweet. Yeah. I will check it out. Yeah. Anything. I mean, what <laughs> am I talking about? Yeah. Anything one of my Fritz Lang. One of my underrated Fritz Lang films, which I am going to pick at some point. So um, watch out for that. It's called um, Manhunt. And I like to think of it as if Fritz Lang made a James Bond film. Mm. It's great. Sweet. It's so much fun. Yeah, I feel like starts, I've heard you talk about that. Yeah. It starts with the main character having Hitler in his scope. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's killer. It's so good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That sounds cool. No. Well, cool. I um, love the guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know where I've been. <laughs> I always think, but this is the thing. This is why I think Film Church is so good because there's no judgment. There's a lot of stuff that like both of us have got to tick off our watch list and that's why we're doing it. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. And it's like, now that you've watched it, you know how good it is, you know? And that's this, just, there's so many films out there for both of us that are like that, that we've just got to get to. You can't watch everything. Um, yeah. But just be glad that we watched it now. Yeah, man. I mean, this, uh... This is definitely a movie that I will, like, I want to watch it with other people, too. Yeah. You know? And it's like, if if somebody is struggling getting into silent film, this is would be my go-to. Yeah. Anything else about the film? Uh, Giorgio Moroder did, like, he scored it in, I think, 84. So he had, like, a new soundtrack, and it was a lot more like techno Mm. um so there's a different cut out i mean i think it's the same film i'm not sure 
with it being the 80s, if it includes the new material or not. We'll have to look it up, but it's, um, yeah, it's the film re-release with like more of a technical soundtrack, so it might work differently on a different level. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting, but yeah. I mean, like you were saying last week um, when we talked about Passion of Joan of Arc, it's part of film history. You feel like it's in every film class. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But that's it. Everyone should go watch it. It's it's the best. Do it now. Yeah. Stop this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've got to the end. <laughs> so, do you want to rate the film? Do you want to guess what we rated yeah. the film? I mean, I think because I've watched it before, it might be easy for you to tell. Um, yeah. But and I'm gonna because s- you own three Blu-ray copies, <laughs> all yeah. separate editions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I, I think you gave it five. I think you gave it five. I definitely did give it five. I definitely did give it five too. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Another classic. That was easy. <laughs> nice. I don't know. Yeah, if you if you could not guess that we were going to give this a five star film throughout this conversation, then we I, I don't think we've done it justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna pick next week? Are you gonna Are you gonna be able to top this or potentially? I mean, <laughs> maybe not top it. That's that's gonna be a high order. But yeah. um, the film that I'm choosing for us to watch is a film that a few weeks ago um, we mentioned in passing, and I know that um, I want to go back and see this film, and you want to see this film, and it's Shame from 1953. Nice. Um, the George Stevens Western. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. We're gonna watch that next week. Another classic. Sweet. Yeah, I know. I I don't remember. I know I've like keep hearing about this movie. I can't remember from where, but yeah, it's definitely one that I feel like I need to watch. Maybe Scorsese talked about it. Hmm. I think it. Yeah, I think it's in terms of like expectations of genre and changing what it's about Shane is important for that I think yeah but we'll do research and then we'll come back next week and tell you exactly why you should watch it (laughs) yeah sweet well I'm excited for that um well unfortunately I think that brings us to the end of the show but you can of course like keep the conversation going by getting on our social media channels Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, at Film Church Radio. You can also follow Lewis and I individually on our letterbox accounts where you can see what we're watching daily and rating things. I am at Selman Scope, and Lewis is at WalkerLewis3007. Uh, we also have all of our back episodes streaming on all good podcast platforms, and so we're available everywhere, wherever you you want us we'll be there (laughs) um but spotify has a couple of extra things q q a's there's i think still a uh poll up on our eyes wide shut episode i think till the end of may yeah uh best kubrick film you can go vote um but again thank you for being here we hope to see you next sunday for more film church The only thing left to say is head and hands need a mediator. The mediator between head and hands must be the heart. But where is our mediator, Maria? Wait for him. He will surely come. We will wait, Maria, but not much longer. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) 